Oh. This episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. $5 backers will get access to every episode of Cinema Swill, our exclusive monthly show where Kevin and I review some really terrible movies, including our most recent episode, episode 18, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Additionally, you'll get early access to the first ever Reverse Swirl. We watch a film that I've seen and Kevin hasn't, Casino Royale. That's available right now on the Patreon. If you want to find out more and see what other goodies are available, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. Right. Let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! Why don't you feed me? Why don't you need me? Episode 64! Hello once again, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin, bouncing on the bed of Hollywood, California, testing the springs with my OTP and fellow divan inspector, Sam Chaplin. Hello, it's me, Sam, Mattress Man Chaplin here, just bouncing up and down on Hollywood's big bed, which doesn't sound dodgy. (laughs) It doesn't sound dodgy at all. No, we're testing it out because we've heard that these springs i.e. classic films that hold, that hold that up sat, the, yeah, uh, yeah. literally hold up to Sam's expectations that's literally right. what we're doing yes, here yes, folks yes yes I understand the metaphor now the metaphor which had some thought put into it mm-hmm. and I will, will say, <laughs> I will say that so don't judge it too harshly okay cumbersome metaphor it's episode 64 <laughs> <laughs> well don't worry Sam we'll put that in the note we'll have in it in the, the note document. for the next for episode 164 because that'll it'll come round it will come round quicker than you and expect just because anyone's thinking like, oh have some of these rhymes been like poor no but I am anticipating a second pass at some of these numbers yeah so I'm I'm giving you half of what I have alright if you do all your greatest hits up top the audience aren't going to stay around for the rest of it are they pretty much like you know that's the way it is if Chesney Hawks came out and he just played the one and only you'd go home wouldn't you but he saved that for the end. Ah, Sam, it, that's what he says in the Tinder. He comes out and he says, This is the one and only <laughs> song that I will perform. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is, you know? There's nobody he'd rather be, I've had it say. Now, Sam, today we're going to be looking like a couple of Lost Boys mm. at The Lost Boys because it's a special Joel Schumacher tribute swirl vote. Yes, Joel Schumacher, who sadly passed away last month and we thought hey we'll look back at some of his films that i haven't seen we have together you and i kevin watched batman and robin yes which i don't think is regarded as his best work it's probably his most notorious work yeah and it's probably (laughs) mostly what i knew him for i didn't know he was involved in any of the films that we had in our voting lineup so i think it's a nice opportunity for us to go back and look at some of the bangers some of the belters although i will say something that was very surprising as someone who was in their 20s in the heyday of youtube and the internet sure we all had a bit of a laugh at batman and robin you know because we were all bitterly disappointed children masquerading as adults but i think when we reviewed it we had a much better than expected time with the work of Mr. Schumacher. We did. Who, in the n- nicest way possible, made Batman incredibly gay and vibrant. Like, Batman is already quite camp as a concept anyway and it, it was just heightened it was wonderful we had a good time watching it it's very silly that's over on cinema swill 
at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl for five dollar backers if you want to check that out just a bit of cross promotion fusion crossing the streams because we had a lot of people who legitimately went where's batman and robin then even though the whole nature of cinema swirl means that movies that are considered to be bad in any sense shouldn't really be allowed here onto the platform unless they're like blockbuster classics bad which i mean could include batman and robin but unfortunately guys it is behind the paywall and that's where <laughs> it will remain probably for quite a long time okay well just given your pedigree you know mm. as we're revving up the formula one here with joel schumacher and and, and <laughs> in tribute to his his greatness yes what are you expecting from the films of joel schumacher knowing what you know from his handling of Batman. So Batman had its real fair share of big, expensive-looking sets. Big, expensive-looking sets. Colourful, very theatrical, Mm. grandiose... Uh, just kind of that that heightened campness, that that big, that theatrical, almost pantomime-like performance that I really it's enjoyed. Whatever the theatrical equivalent of big bold flavors in MasterChef yeah, is, yeah, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I got from it. So I'm kind of expecting that. So the films we had in the vote were yeah. This was weird because mm. I think, like yourself, I think I had an idea in my head about Joel Schumacher, but also it had to be reminded to me that the three movies that you put up were all directed yeah. by him. I was like really oh god yeah he had range he had range for days Mm. range for days weeks months and years it would seem because lost boys falling down and was saint elmo's fire was in there as well now it was tough at the top yeah it was tight at the top lost boys and falling down really close i think there were only there were less than 20 votes in it right at the top it was was pretty pretty tight there hey i wonder if we might just do falling down anyway i think that would be a lot of fun because now like lost boys very beloved movie has a lovely little space in my heart okay although i feel in terms of my childhood and growing up i have so much to say and like falling down i feel like we can't let it go by the wayside so i think we gotta do falling down next i take a little look in the comments when the votes are going on and there was a lot of talk of relevancy and also just very passionate like you no, but you should watch this and that came from you as well don't think i didn't see you pushing for whoa, falling down hey, whoa uh, whoa whoa now sam i didn't cause a run on the pound or anything <laughs> like that here now hang on a second <laughs> you know agitating on twitter going oh looks like it's not going to be a very good episode of cinema swirl because i won't get my way <laughs> so lost boys is what we went with and i know i think nothing about what this is other than what i've seen from the poster and again something i accidentally saw in the comments i need to not okay. really be involved with the socials because no i think you need yeah. to stay away from them mm. comments like you know as they say some don't read the comments you know because it's all full of hurtful stuff like i can't wait for this movie or other hurtful things yeah. like what'll he make of this <laughs> well would you let him make his mind up and he'll let you know God. I, I can tell you the two things I know. Okay. Kiefer Sutherland, hey. who we have seen before on Stand By Me, I think. Yeah. And I also know vampires in some way are involved. Oh, you know in vampires. This. I know vampires. And I only knew vampires from the comments. I oh. I nearly missed vampires entirely and had no idea what this was. And look, it's my it's my own fault for manning the socials. Man, I can't believe it. You mm. not knowing the vampires here, yeah, that's close to Adrian being Rocky's little mate, <laughs> like levels of discrepancy between theory and reality. But other than that, 
I know nothing. I know nothing about this. Well, I mean, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, you might as well call him Keeper Sutherland because he's such a, a fine acting presence to have around the oh, house. I thought you meant always. he was a goalie. And oh, no, was... no, no. I mean, although he does, and this is true, have massive hands to the point where at KFC, when they were advertising their new buns, they said, Kiefer, could you not be eating them now on the paparazzi because you're actually going to make the product look too look small. smaller. I mean, he's got big hands and he does just visually look like a goalkeeper in a way. You can imagine him on a starting lineup. You, you can imagine him there, hands on his hips, shouting, spitting, scratching his unmentionables. Yeah, exactly. And then also he'd be playing football later as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I don't know. In my head, I want to make little goofs about the fact that it sounds like a podcast about a TV show set on an island in the mid to late 2000s. Wait, is there either already a podcast called that, or you said to me once we should call, if you and I reviewed Lost, call it that? The Lost, boy, but Lost would be capitalised. <laughs> Lost would be capitalised, then brackets 2004, <laughs> close brackets, the Lost boys. But other than that, I, I'm guessing there's boys... And they must not be found, or they must have gone, took a wrong turn somewhere and got lost. This was, I think, released before smartphones and GPS. I mean, do you know when the movie's from? Like, what, what time period we're dealing with here? I mean, if you've seen the poster, you can have a, a look at the hair. I think 80s. I think mm-hmm. 80s. 80s mm-hmm. or early 90s, I think, for this one. Okay, so 80s. Vampires, are you expecting... I mean, is this the first instance of Nosferatu? Of the Vampires. vampires? Here on Cinema Swirl? I think so. (gasps) Yeah. Now, Sam, Mm. the thing about vampires is I think people underestimate how scary they can be. Okay. Because they're a very language, well-spoken, scary monster. Mm. And it is as a result of that that I feel the discourse surrounding vampires. Blah! Blah! Uh, uh, God, Jesus. They'll get you, won't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You let your guard down analysing vampires. No more blood. No. No more blood. They'll analyse your blood in their mouth is what they'll do. <laughs> those vampires. <laughs> they'll quaff us. Vampires do have a reputation for being eloquent and clever. Maybe this film has some stupid vampires in it. Maybe that. I mean, do you think it's going to be... Are we watching a horror movie? Like, this isn't showing uh, up in a spooky swirl? Is it, are you expecting it to be a horror movie? Are you expecting it to be, like, action? I don't know, because like, before this week, I didn't know it was a vampire. So I... Don't, I but you had heard The Lost Boys as a movie. It was in my mind as like a cult classic or an influential film for a, a few people or like a thing that was important to people's childhoods. A lot of big ticks there, yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, like, I didn't, you know, I watched this, I'd say, I think when I was like 12 or 13, I have distinct memory of mm. like my brother who was older. He had met a couple of cool friends who had like, also had older brothers. So then they had like, they knew what the, the golden movies of the 80s from before right. the heyday because we were 90s kids. So we kind of got a lot of these movies on VHS to watch and I remember this like blowing my ass off but uh-huh. for whatever reason never coming back to it right but you do mention influential and you have mentioned another movie in here while chatting about other things that mm. I think that you'll see a lot of this a lot of what you've seen in TV and movies for the last 10 years particularly yeah. on your screen. Okay. I can't tell you whether that would be delightful or not in 2020 because I've not seen this movie, I would say, in a good 15 years. So it's anyone's ball game, but I think it'll have aged very well. See, I thought the Lost Boys... Now I'm thinking about it, it sounds like a gang. Like... Okay. Like a The Warriors-style gang. Uh, we're the, the Lost, Lost Boys. Boys. I don't I'm know if... to go one-on-one. If these are adults... <sighs> 
adults, boys, younglings, uh, teenagers. The Lost Boys sounds cool. It sounds like a leather jacket type thing. Hey, we're the Lost Boys. We don't know where we are. The Lost Boys just sounds like, oh, it's a real cool band. You've got to find out it's mad problematic or something like right. that. Right, yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably, again, there is probably a Lost Boys band. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I have no idea. But I know this is important to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think it has a good reputation. I mean, do you, have you seen much Vampire Fair? Have you seen your Twilights? Mm. Your interviews with a vampire? I think I've seen a bit of some of the Twilight films on in the a background. A bit of some of the Twilight movies. Have I seen much vampire stuff? Someone went on a couple of dates in his day yeah, then, Yeah, huh? didn't, Come didn't, here didn't now. really pay attention. Come here, I'll put on Twilight and we'll have four hours to figure out what happens next, huh? <laughs> Uh, have I seen many vampires? Not my, not in film, I don't think, really. Pure vampire chat over there, folks. That's what, I don't know. That's just my suspicion. Yeah. No, I haven't seen many vampires. Oh, what, are they nice? <coughs> are they, oh, they're a scary lot, are they? I imagine you've heard some things. They don't like garlic. They don't like crosses. Yeah. They don't like daylight. You can't see them in a the mirror. And I'll tell you what they hate as well. They fucking hate the Eucharist. Oh, man. Absolutely. Get that out of here now. No. I've seen a lot of kind of parodies of the vampire genre and pastiches and references and jokes. Like what? I feel like there's been some of that in Simpsons, various cartoons, sketch shows, sitcoms. There's a lot of vampire stuff coming up in places because I know about vampires. You do? You know about vampires? I know who they are, but I don't think I've watched many vampire... TV shows or media. You weren't a Buffy, were you? I, w- I was not a Buffy. I'm still not a Buffy. I, my still apologies not a Buffy. to Buffy. I, look, I haven't watched Buffy. I know she slayed vampires. She so, did? Yeah. Amongst other things. Mm. So, no, I never watched Buffy. Didn't really pay attention to any of the Twilight movies. I haven't watched any of the other. I haven't watched, like, Dracula or anything like that. Is he a Dracula or is he a vampire? Dracula is a vampire. Dracula is a vampire, Sam. Are you are you expecting... Like, uh, actually, I'll tell you what, because it yeah. seems unfair to ask you what you're expecting. I don't you're know. Gen- genuinely properly clueless in this yeah, one. Yeah. Like, now I've been given away by the poster. Mm. In terms of where you are right now, at this exact moment, what type of movie would you be most in the mood for? Uh, ooh. Ooh. Um, so we can all have a bit of fun at home now and see what's going to happen now. I look, I could take a horror... I could mm-hmm. take a horror if we've accidentally had a pre-spooky swirl horror. I could take it. I Come could on. take a horror. I could have a I horror. I could take it. But I'm feeling a kind of adventure. Are you in need of a romp, Sam? We've established. I always love a romp. Get me a romp. Stomp, stomp, stomp. Chomp, chomp, chomp. That's me eating up the romp. <laughs> the romp steak. <laughs> I, I, I've had it on good authority that you're game for a giggle as well. Is that true? <laughs> I'm game for a giggle. I'm, a, you know, I love a laugh. I'm a bit of a wind-up merchant sometimes myself. I... <laughs> I love to laugh. Live, laugh, have a bloody bath. That's my philosophy. Well, look, I, you know, some people will be live, laugh, love. Mm. It should be laugh, 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 laugh. <laughs> or, you know, or ha, ha, ha is just even better still. I'd love one of those little, like, framed art things that has just <laughs> laugh, laugh, <laughs> laugh in the squiggly font. That would be great. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's that, very that, aggressive that, sometimes. <laughs> laugh, 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 laugh. Yeah. I love a laugh. I love a laugh. I love a romp. But I'm not averse to a scare. Okay. Mm. A thrill, a spill, a chill, a goof, a spoof. Who knows what awaits you? Certainly not me. Many of these emotions and more can be found in the mailbag. Welcome to the mailbag. Our first message here comes through from Dave. Now, this was on the socials. I am perfectly happy to admit that in this day. Well, you're interested on the socials. You're... Mm. Your sweet socials. My precious socials. Precious socials. Mm. Ruining movies. <laughs> huh? 
You remember I was telling you about there was a warning about spoilers. Mm. I think it was this was this that's the thing I saw. It was the same double edged sword. The social. So a message from Dave comes in as follows: Long time listener, first time caller. Hi guys, I was wondering if there was a dream casting for a non-fictional character yet to be made. Dave says, after watching a documentary on the cult leader Jim Jones, me and my wife discussed who would play Jim in the film. I thought maybe Jim Carey would be perfect for the -the over-the-top Mr. Jones. It has since made me sad that there seems to be no plans to make such a film and Carey is missing out on this role as he'd probably win an Oscar for it. Love the show, guys. Dave. Now this question, I've really struggled for an answer to it, but I I think it's a really good question. (laughs) Oh yeah, the, the deep question there. Yeah. And like, you know, I think he raises a good point there, Dave, because like as much as the next person, I hate to see a big Hollywood star sit by and let their national creepiness go to waste. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just let, you know, just sit out there, you know, like a waste when we could actually be do- putting that weirdness and creepiness and that, you know, that general sense of unease to a bit of work. Yeah. You know, a yeah, bit yeah, of yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. To be done there now. So I think it, it is an interesting question that I saw this in the old socials as well, and I've been ruminating on it. Yeah. And it did make me think like about how powerful a portrayal of a non-fictional character can be. Because mm. and particularly as well, as a lot of my thoughts went to like, well, who have we not made movies of? And it tends to be people that are not fun to make movies of, like either criminals who aren't salacious enough mm. or like politicians and such. And I think even like a little, a few years back, we had this drama that got out on TV and as part of the drama, there was a few like kind of, oh, there's Boris Johnson or now oh, PM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of a, let's just do him a little silly comedy bit. And it really reinforced a weird opinion of him. You had Dominic Cummings, who's a prime minister's advisor, was played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. <laughs> to I the mean- point where... Every time he's mentioned in the papers now, in the in like the tabloids, they will show a picture of Dominic Cummings being played by Benedict Cumberbatch, right. looking all sexy and thoughtful, not like Mr. Burns' anemic younger brother. <laughs> you know, and that that's some powerful shit there, not in a good yeah. way. A strong casting, or maybe a too strong casting, or too favourable casting, can literally cast someone in the wrong light. So Cummings could come across as kind of it's kind of interesting charming character when really like I don't want to be thinking like oh he's cerebral I want to look at him and go he's got a weird fucking head like that's that's where my thoughts should be going instead Mm. I I did have one thought about this casting thing I also think listeners if you want to send in some dream castings I think the people listening to this will have some thoughts on this and this is I I really like this question and Sam I do have a dream casting as well in spite of what I said earlier (laughs) (laughs) I'll, I'll give you what I thought I what I really want is Ben Schwartz and Thomas Middleditch as Ben and Jerry, the ice cream entrepreneurs. Just because I don't really know enough about what Ben and Jerry look like, and I just want to see two funny, goofy boys dicking around making ice cream. So that was my <laughs> dream casting there. I just I, Ben and Jerry feels like it would be a fun biopic, with a little bit of heartwarming in there, and ice cooling. Maybe Ben and Jerry's are problematic, I don't know, but I think, I feel like they're a wholesome story about ice cream. So I want to <laughs> see that on screen, with some fun <laughs> American improvisers. Well, look, look, this particular brand is my friend, you see, and that's why I married. <laughs> look, I think that if you're going to get into there now, Sam, you're yeah. going to have people feeling all sorts of feelings about ice cream, mm. and already pizza's a, lo- a minefield, and I don't even think about, you know, bringing p- ice cream into that conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to go back into politics, and I'm going to go for someone who, even if the portrayal goes really good or really badly, ultimately no harm would be done. So I'm going to say, look, we've been talking recently here. 
We were talking on Cinema Swill as well about Adam Sandler, the Sandman. Ah, yes, the Sandman. Wanted to sink his teeth into something. And I think the triumph and tragedy of Ed Miliband <laughs> as portrayed by the Sandman. <laughs> because the thing is, Sam, right? You could lie oh, about a lot oh, of Kevin, Ed Miliband's I'm sorry, failings. I, just, I don't want to cut you off, but I did not see that coming. And <laughs> bravo. Wonderful stuff there. Please, please continue. You could embellish it and people wouldn't mind. That's the thing. You could have the bit where, like, because, you know, Sandler oh. always plays a good kind of downtrodden well-to-do character who then explodes and i think you could have like what do you say mr Miliband, to the people who say you're just a north london geek you're saying <laughs> i'm a geek oh okay oh instead of saying i'm a geek mm. oh are you saying i'm a geek oh i put it on a headstone <laughs> come on you know and he's it'd be very relatable that way you know yeah. so there's my casting oh. i get the salmon in there ed Miliband. <laughs> <laughs> and he also plays his brother Dave as well. Right, he's yeah. like, oh, just, yeah. just yeah, him yeah, in a yeah. nice suit, okay. like, you know, <laughs> with his hair done nice. <laughs> oh fuck that! Oh, wonderful stuff there. I, I would love to see. I would love to see him fluffing the line where he's asked if he's. He talks about being tough enough. Hell yeah, I'm tossing on. <laughs> no, I said the duty. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you dave for that wonderful question yes and folks socials emails cinemaswirl at gmail.com etc that's cinema let's hear your dream castings please send them on in our next question comes from kurt morgan from australia who writes good day fellas with all the potential time for playing video games at the moment, my question is, what game that you have played recently would you make a movie or series of, and who from Swill or Swirl episodes would you cast in the leading role? Now, I think we've been asked similar questions about video games and adaptations and things like that. I just wanted to touch on the fact that I've been playing Firewatch recently. Oh. Uh, I've been replaying that. And, I mean, the cast of that already, the voice cast of that, are phenomenal. It's great. It, it's already a movie in itself. But what I want, what I really want, is I want Nicolas Cage running around and national park just saying stuff into a walkie-talkie we kind of got a bit of that on the swill with wicker man but i just want more i just want nice lovely bright lighting of nicholas cage being alone on his own acting to himself in a watchtower honestly sam i had a few like half ideas in my head and Mm. i don't think anything's going to come close to just put nick cage in what game you've been playing recently (laughs) and it would be a lot of fun like i've been playing a lot of the yakuza games recently and i think dropping in nick cage Cage into the title role where he doesn't even speak japanese and everyone around him is and he's like i don't know what's going on you know that would be really a lot of fun i think tetris 99 you know (laughs) replace the long block with nick cage like just for any game pop a nick cage in it and you'll have have a good time okay so our final question here and thank you for all your questions into the socials and into cinemaswirl at gmail.com spoiler free since 93 that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com this comes from michael i feel like you'll like this question there's a bit of crossover here for reasons you can't understand you end up wrestling as a tag team against two characters from a swirl slash swill movie number one what is your tag team name number two who do you wrestle number three what is the name of your tag team finisher now my my answers are as follows to this. I had a little bit of time to prepare in advance. We are simply the OTPs. Okay, that's yeah, our I t- figured. Yeah, that's one true partner. Name. You yeah. know, who do we wrestle? 
The Tin Man and the Cowardly Lion. Okay. <laughs> oh, Fuma. If there's a tag team, that's a perfect tag team right there. Them being the perfect tag team as well, Sam. Mm. Tag teams are, are who've got like obvious weaknesses that could be worked over. Yeah. And like you know, I could be working on the courage of the Cowardly Lion. <laughs> you could, you know, the heart punches to the Tin Man in the corner to really build up the hot tag. Exactly. It's perfect. What the hell? It's Dorothy. What's she doing here? <laughs> uh, finisher. The OTPDT. <laughs> so it's a, you know, a, a double lift up elevated DDT, but it's the OTPDT. Okay, could I add to that? If sure. We could have more than one tag maneuver, mm-hmm. but I just thought the Cinema Swirled Tour would be a great name yeah. for like a, yeah, a yeah. like the big finisher we only break out when it's really serious. Mm-hmm. Cinema Swirled Tour. <laughs> I, hey, I think we'd make a good tag team. I think we would. I reckon so. And, you know, if history has taught us anything, Sam, it's that people who do podcasts and have a passing interest in a thing should run a wrestling company. So let's give it a whirl. My thing would be that I hadn't seen anyone wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you didn't know what you are in for, like. You knew everything about all the wrestlers. But I, I, I don't know. I've not seen him wrestle. I don't know what a submission manoeuvre is. <laughs> You'd have to teach me to wrestle. And then you have to wrestling. rate your own match after. Afterwards. Yeah, it would be a five-star white match. That would be a thing. Ah. We'd have five-star white matches. We'd have Bobby Dazzlers. Oh, the five-star white frog splash. How about that? You heard it here first, because they <laughs> heard the collision on the mat. <laughs> so thank you very much for all your questions. And now we're back out of the mailbag. And I feel a little bit lost. And I feel a little bit boys. <laughs> so with that note, let's go do a cinema swirl. We have found our way through the Lost Boys. Initial heart-wrenching gut reactions, Sam Chaplin. My initial gut reaction is as follows. Way That... Hey! hey. You know, I, lo- I love to just make a, a noise here, but that noise is a... Yep. <laughs> yeah! Yeah. I, f- I feel very good having watched the Lost Boys. Oh, man. Let me tell you. A succinct romp that manages to delight and entertain across the spectrum of entertainment, from guffaws to teehees to gross out to genuine suspense. I absolutely had forgotten how much of a fucking powerhouse of this movie in, or I will say, it's another great little feather in its cap, Mm -hmm. in a 90-minute package. Yes. How's about that? Yes, yes, yes. It is very much an all-rounder of a film, I would say. You know, like a reliable, safe pair of hands. Oh, yeah. This is like a a maxed-out, normal-type Pokemon. You know, you got got all sorts going on here. You got all your bases covered. I kind of feel that... Joel Schumacher, and I think we're part of the generation that helped did this, that he is maybe primarily known for a large amount of maybe slightly younger millennials as being the guy who done goofed up Batman with Mm. the nipples and the credit cards, man. And not for this and another couple of very spectacular movies that we could have easily done in this vote. Oh, Sam, the man can direct. Yes, oh, he can. This is very well directed. I mean, we'll come to all sorts of things about that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame in some people's minds that this is not the immediate association with Mr. Schumacher's work. I mean, it would be otherwise. Yeah. Like, it absolutely 
absolutely would be. I mean, I'm sure for a lot of people it is, but at least from my general knowledge of Joel Schumacher, it's, oh, he's the, the Batman guy. The, yeah. To be honest, the bad Batman guy was the rep I got about Joel Schumacher from my time just knowing vague names of directors. And so... Batman, Batman, not a good moniker to have in Hollywood, California, let me tell no, you. But Lost Boys found his niche because hey. this is... Cards on the table, this is very good. <laughs> I had a good time. And I was wondering, it feels like it's probably as good a time as any at the mm. start, seeing as the vampire twist had been somewhat spoiled for you. A little you, bit, yeah. I.e. you knew that they were vampires. But was there anything about this that you saw in maybe more modern kind of shows or well, movies and things like that? I think there were a lot of things that were reminiscent of other late 80s, early 90s films that we've done on this and that I've mm. seen pastiched elsewhere. So we, we have some very 80s music at the start. The whole funfair carnival on the boardwalk when we get like a family they're moving somewhere in a car and they're going to this new city. I'm sure we had that. That was what the Karate, Karate Kid was. That was literally the, the start Warriors, of the Karate Warriors. Yeah. Like, it's all the same yeah. story. It feels familiar <laughs> in a good way because it, it feels like oh this is something that I, I've seen before I get where we're going with this but then oh hold on fucking vampires whoa you pulled the rug out from under me did you kind of clock straight away that the sexy well dressed mulleted men and women who looked like they were a particularly badass warriors gang led up by Kiefer Mulletland I was wondering if you figured that they were the vampires from the get go I would have guessed yes that they were <laughs> the vampires I mean Kiefer Sutherland again we had him in Stand By Me, I believe. He is perfectly cast as bleach blonde, dickhead, bully, gang, cool, leather jacket guy, right? Oh yeah, I mean, I don't think there would have been a single sandcastle unkicked under this man's watch and gaze during the 1980s. Although another familiar face, we get Bill off of Bill and Ted, Alex Winter. Bill Preston Esquire, no less. Who doesn't, I don't feel, looks quite as much of a badass in this. That association I had with Kiefer and thinking, oh, he's got that rep as like a bad, tough dude. I can't help but see Bill off of Bill and Ted as Bill off of Bill and Ted. So when he's like, yeah. hey, I'm a cool guy in this vampire <laughs> gang i'm like oh no you're just you're bill it's bill <laughs> do you think every time he eats a human he's like succulent <laughs> or something like you know be positive <laughs> uh, I, hey do vampires care about blood type is that like is, are there different flavors i would have thought so mm. and in the same way i would have thought it would have been like grapes with wine with which you know, there's uh, yeah, a, yeah. And there's a lot of blood, you know, and I thought in the same way, there's a lot of nonsense talked about wine. Oh, you know, give me my Cabernet Sauvignon, this, and it's all this. And in the same way, there's a lot of guff talked about blood. Mm. A, this, oh, that, and sure, it's all the same. <laughs> it doesn't matter, does it? Aldi actually do really good quality blood that you can get that's reasonably priced. I, I would say no joking, and I think it could be due to my Lancashire proximity, mm. but they do a stellar blood pudding in my Aldi. A stellar blood pudding. And I'll say no foul words against the blood right. on display there. I'm a bit, bit worried about you, mate. Um... <laughs> hey, you should be worried about this Warriors gang. The oh. boardwalk bullies. Causing a real ruckus on the merry-go-round. A security guard says, guys, get... Get off the merry-go... You're really causing a proper ruckus here. Yeah. I was expecting Steve Buscemi to be there going, Get off my boardwalk empire, you <laughs> creeps! I'm trying to graft over here! I mean, a fun fair at night, as the lights turn off and as everything shuts down, is so Scooby-Doo stereotypically scary. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, yeah. That I think, obviously... 
Joel Schumacher's leaning into some of these tropes, some of these cliches. As the lights are going down, security guard walking to his car, we get the camera swooping down on him, so we don't really see these lot flying or anything, but we just we get that sense that something's after him, something's coming to get him swooping down onto this poor security guard. And I think one thing that maybe distinguishes it from a lot of the other kind of feel-good 80s romps that mm. we've watched is that it's not necessarily, given its short runtime, balls-to-the-wall, blistering pace. It's a movie that, with its many flight scenes, in inverted commas, mm-hmm. takes, you know, long breathers through beautiful footage of just rolling over the clouds yeah. and the mountains. Yeah. Like, it almost feels like watching like a new episode of Twin Peaks or something. Just the fact that, like, hang on a second there with all the crazy stuff. Let's go look at some trees. Huh? How about them? It's a film that enjoys the environment and the situation that it's in and makes the most of it and shows you around these situations, which I, I really appreciate. Thank you, Joel. It's worth pointing out as well, mm. even though you're not a Buffy head or a Twilight head or a Blade head, correct? Stop me if I'm wrong. Stop me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> the, the kind of the vampire being like a group of ne'er dwells hanging out and being like kind of like the baddies from the start. Oh, wait, mm. no, you've not seen Terminator. But them just being like street hoodlums as opposed to being like, I made a castle with a miserable pile of secrets. You know, mm. that kind of new vampire, that kind of much more modern American vampire, as it pertains at least to being in the cinema, this is quite ahead of its time, you know. I think there's the obvious finger to point with this movie with Stranger Things, mm. but I see you, Buffy and Blade, and you better be paying your taxes over there as well. These vampires, I feel, are the Pepsi to the more traditional Coke <laughs> vampires. These, like, young, cool the vampires of a new generation, right, is what we're Flip getting here. Flip-flown vampires is what you're talking about, Sam. And this has then since become quite a common thing, that, you know, you get sexy, cool, young, teen vampires. I now understand that this was, if not necessarily the complete origin of that, at least one of the main early things where it's like, hey, these are cool, young trendy vampires and they're vampires yeah i mean like, the idea that someone will go to this movie and be there's keith or sutherland and a grand head of hair on him as well mm-hmm. and think mm-hmm. nothing else of it whereas i see that mullet and i go all right that's fucking party at the back business up front and fucking danger because that's a vampire do but we know that through the things that this film has inspired later on exactly and also the wrath that the mullet did wreak across the american midwest in the mid to late 80s yeah so aerial shot of family in a car moving somewhere we've seen this time and time again we saw this karate kid we even kind of see this in the shining this is such a thing that's been used in all sorts of films but mom i, I don't want to move away from but is full of smelly things shut up you like it beach community what's wrong with you yeah but it's the murder capital of the world apparently where it's S- santa clara this place santa clara maca mac west santa clara <laughs> You know what? You can look at it in a negative point. I would mm. just say it looks like a slightly worn but reasonable seaside town. Yeah. And don't be snobby. I imagine there'd be some good fish and chips there. <laughs> you, know? you at home, you've been guilty of seaside snobbery, haven't you? You can't help it that it's all grim here in England. You have to make do. Stop being a snob. Go out to Morecambe. What's <laughs> stopping you? Come on. Go to Skeggy, mate. Not now, but later, right? Oh, mate, look, come on, go to Skegness. It's like saying, go watch the Fast and Furious movies, as if they need our help. 
Titan of the East Coast, Skegness, I'll have you know. Hey, music is a very strong point of this film. We get... Uh, oh, it's so good! What's it called? It's not called When You're Strange, but it's the thing by the doors. When You're Strange! That one. I like that. Now, no, Jim Morrison was a vampire, and yeah. that's why he sang that song. Because mm. he, he was strange. He was. They thought it was peculiar, apparently, that he drank blood. There are some good tunes in this film. Oh, yeah, I think not since The Warrior Sam, I've been like immediately like, let me get that disc so I can spin it at the discotheque. I, I really want to hear that. It's so good. Dank synth, soulful vocals. Yeah. It's beautiful. I think there were some drums that do, 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 do. There was uh, a load of that. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. So this family, they're coming into this new town. There's posters of missing kids everywhere. Hmm, what's going on? Some sort of lost boys, is it? <laughs> There's a bunch of lost boys. Which we never really actually try and find. No, we don't. Just saying. We just know they're missing. Well, I guess they're dead or they've become vampires, right? Is this the sequel of Presumed Dead Boys? Is that it? Giving up on the search boys, is that it? To be fair, Presumed Dead Boys is a cool gang name slash band name. I quite Ooh, like. Ooh, yeah. The presumed Dead Boys. <laughs> the family arrive at their grandpa's place, and he's just having a nice time playing dead on the front porch. He's a crazy old grandpopper is what he is. Yes. And, hey, here's how you know this is in the late 80s. One of our main boys of this family, they've got two brothers, Sam, the younger one, he's saying, There's no TV! You know what that means? No MTV. No MTV2. No SCUS. No Kerrang. What, what about my generation? Ah. <laughs> ah. Now, Sam, forgive me, with these scenes, anytime there's a granddad, because I never had a granddad growing up, so I just kind of like, I try and be like a vampire and fit in and pretend with the rest of you. So right, yeah, yeah. I've written some observational stuff here about having a granddad. And if if you wouldn't mind, audience, indulge me for a second. Sure, sure. Sure, there he goes now, the granddad. Once you're grandpop, you just can't stop. I'm, I'm imagining that's what it's like when you when you get to hang out with your granddad. You just want to do it loads. That is relatable. Yeah. Now that one. Did I ever tell you that I was told that there was like this one small little soft toy in my house? And it's like, your granddad got you that. Oh. And I was like, but I never met him. And then I convinced myself as a child that that was like, I don't want to say a horcrux, but closest enough to it. Like, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Just no one touch it, just in case. But you had only fools and horses, so you would have had that <laughs> granddad. <laughs> yeah, there was none, of, none of my uncles wanted to be like the uncle who becomes kind of like a facsimile granddad, like, unfortunately. Uh, okay, so no granddad figure. So you're having to, you know, from popular culture such as this find those grandpappy figures. I just think that me as a man growing up, I've been greatly influenced by my lack of a strong grandfather figure in my uh, in my upbringing, you know? I don't even eat Werther's Originals. <laughs> well, this grandpappy is pretty much bang on what granddads are like. Prank central, weird, eccentric, strange. When you're strange... <laughs> Pretending to be dead. Yeah. Or, in my case... Not having to, because already had passed away. So that was that. Your granddad fucking nailed it. That was like... He the- did. <laughs> he had him going for a while. They had him going now. So we're introduced to the granddad. We've got a mum. We've got two kids here. We've got Sam and we've got Michael. Michael's an older, late teens boy. Sam's like a young 
1314? I don't know how yeah, old if kids you are. you want to know what Michael like looks like, sounds like his actual vibe, mm. if you ever wanted to know what Tommy Vizzo thought he came across as and looked yes, like, yes, it is Michael yes, in this yes. movie. Because he's a kind of a distressed and tired world. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's got the big hair. He's got kind of a, a bulging muscularity for a young boy. And <laughs> That's what Tommy wanted. All sorts of distraught and he gets a slightly too long slow motion sex scene as well he does later on <laughs> so we float over the boardwalk at night again and the the kids are at like a, a concert here not just any concert it's a very hunky topless fella singing and playing a saxophone all oiled up dancing around it's- what's the matter you square you never been to a torso saxophone beach party boogie dan i haven't i want to now it's a shame there's no opportunities to see this kind of thing it wouldn't work the same over zoom am i the only one who really was concerned for the man knowing that there was a bit of a wind kicking up and it was later and and you buy the sea and he's by the sea he's quite oiled up i thought that he'd get like small bits of shell and sand in his musculature what in between the little the packs of the yeah and he need to get in there with like you know like a you know something like that could or a microfiber cloth (laughs) yeah well it's nice that you have that concern for him i was more you know lost in the music like a lost boy is what i was but uh, it's a great concert that they're at and he also played another stone cold banger this could have turned into a concert movie at this exact moment and i would have been okay banger after banger after banger ain't no mash here Michael has noticed a nice lady in the crowd, and there's a bit of this kind of flirty eye contact. Although Michael looks a bit too intense during his flirty eye contact. He doesn't have the same kind of, oh, hello. He's more kind of, uh, It's why they target him. It's to target innocent, young, intense, brooding men. That's the ones they go after. The naughty gang from the start, who we saw kill a security guard, and there's a missing poster for that security guard. He's long gone. They wander into a video shop. Do you remember video shops? Oh, the video... you remember going down to the video shop? You get a video? Ah, oh, mate. Do you remember video I, shops? I, I do. And I remember and I'd go down and I'd say, what movie do I want to watch? And sure, we'd pick one. Oh, God. Oh, those video shops. Ah, oh, Do you remember them? Now, the thing is, my video shop was basically like a cupboard under the stairs in someone's house in mm. my village. <laughs> and, like, I don't think most people's video shops had carpet on the ground and a man wearing his slippers, but ours did. Well, you know, each to their own. You've still got those precious memories of going to the video shop. I think... Look, did it have butter-kissed toffee popcorn available? Would you look here with your fucking Protestant pre-made popcorn? Absolutely not. <laughs> Nothing of the sort. Well, it's not. It's not a video shop. Then, you, yeah, your memories. Like, oh, let's go in and get some butter kissed popcorn and get a fucking spray tan. Yeah, because we're going to <laughs> because we're going to allegedly rent a movie. Like, whereas I'm on the ground floor. Tits deep in Ace Ventura, <laughs> pet detective. This video shop. The naughty gang are in there, and the main boys. Their mum is in there. And she's actually after a job in local town. Yeah, they say earlier on, like, they kind of, they make out that the town's a bit, like, dead end. And they're like, any jobs? And they're like, Pah. Only if you're doing something illegal. And then she just walks in like, hello, I am the mom. Can I have a job? Yes. That's the most, like, mother version of how you think you get a job. Should just walk in and give him your CV and ask for a job? It and is that thing of, like... And it'll give you one. She didn't have even have the cv she just went in and said i i would like a job imagine me doing that in hmv these days come on they want you to be a specialist to justify opening <laughs> even you know 
And she flirts a little bit with the the owner of the video shop main dude there. And the, oh, and the naughty gang, they get kind of shooed out of the shop. Go, oh, get out of here, you boys on your <laughs> motorbikes. Go, 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 get out. They should have played that special tone for young people. <laughs> I wonder if I can still hear that. I must not be able to anymore. I heard it after I hit my 30s. Okay. Well, maybe. And the problem is, right, the problem is, is that I remember one time when I was a teacher asking, like, in form, like, about that, if anyone knew about it. And then mm. someone was like, oh, yeah, let's, I've got it here. And then they played it. And they just played Silence. And I was like, oh, I obviously can't hear it. And it was like, oh, I'm old, age 15. And I was like, all right. Now, I'm worried if we go online to check you and I know mm. that it'll actually just be... You know, a silence. I don't want to find out. I don't want to find out, and I don't want to be tricked either, because being no. tricked as an old person is not fun. No. Like, being tricked because of your age? No. No, no, I no. I want no. to be tricked in spite of my age. Exactly. I want to be tricked even though I should know better. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, young boy Sam wanders into a comic shop. Do you remember the comic shop there? Yeah, every good day you'd rent a comic, yeah. you know? A butter-kissed popcorn. <laughs> and, um... Corey Feldman is here yeah. off of Stand By Me, who we Basically, know the boy of the 80s. 80s boy is there, and Sam's showing off his comics knowledge. He's like, oh my god, you guys, you can't have Spider-Man 100 next to Spider-Man 3. People won't know that he's got Spidey senses. Okay, okay, now, just, I don't mean to, like, pull the fucking card on you or anything. Pull a card. But the boy was talking about Superman, which is obviously way less cool than Spider-Man. If my boy was talking Spidey, I want to know what the slinger was up to, you know what I'm saying? Uh, He's my friendly neighbourhoods. But you go with Superman. He claims to have a rare Superman comic. He knows things about comics. So these other two boys who are doing that, like, young teen boy thing of deliberately putting on, like, a lower voice to seem cool. Mm. They're like, mm. oh, you've heard about mm. the uh, this thing from the thing. You know what I love, Sam? I love when yeah. podcasters do that as well. <laughs> hey, guys. <laughs> well, okay, genuinely, if you listen to earlier episodes of Cinema Swirl, I've realised that it, on those very early episodes, I'm a bit like, oh, hi, and welcome to Cinema Swirl. I'm Sam Chat, and I'm, d- I'm deliberately like doing a more calm. Well, it, obviously, it started as a very serious piece, Sam. You know, that was that was always <laughs> the intent. I think my voice is noticeably lower, and now, as you can tell, I just don't mind using my silly, real, cartoonish, up and down voice. I just, it is, ah! yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure if you listen to me doing early stuff as well, I'm much lower, even though at that point in time, I would have thought my voice would not have, have had that. But I think if you're nervous, your voice does a lot, go down a little octave sometimes. And hey, we were both trying to impress boys who are into comics so. <laughs> <laughs> and they are a notoriously picky bunch yes but Corey feldman is impressed and he hands sam over a horror comic about vampires and you hey you need to familiarize yourself with this but he's like oh what what are you talking about this is i don't need this i don't like horror comics he's like, no you should because uh there's vamp- vampires around there's a great scene here where they recreate the paddy mcginnis greg's ads but with comics instead of a sausage roll although i would love if they incorporate some of this one when paddy has his sausage roll and they blow the roof off the and he flies away like you know <laughs> oh, like a, a young couple smooching in a car and the roof gets pulled off and they both they get got these two so I the- call these red sky attacks yeah yes like being attacked by a red sky at night that's I like how they that's supposed to be a shepherd's delight it's not it's a vampire's delight Aww. you know and don't get confused with a rapper's delight it's nowhere near as fun as that or an angel delight oh <laughs> no. lovely butterscotch is the best one thank you uh, email in <laughs> 
Not feeling mm. it? I mean, I'm not gonna lie. It's been tried. The Angel Delight has been tried on me. It's been sitting in my cupboard for many years now. Do you just not like it at all? I mean, I don't like butterscotchy things that much. Mm. So we got chocolate Angel Delight. And then I had nah. it. Like, this is gross. And then, but then Joe's like, oh, you gotta get the butterscotch one. And I'm like, but I don't like butterscotch. But the, and I yeah. added it. I'm like, it's nice, but it's a nice thing that I don't ultimately like. Right. Because I don't yeah, like yeah. butterscotch. Because right, right. I didn't have a granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's all fucking coming out now. I don't know why I got so aggressive. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's that all, is the baseline oh, resentment now. that every Irishman has to put up with from the English. <laughs> they took our homes. They took our granddads. Yeah, you throw all the angel delight in the bin because your granddad's not around. Oh, fuck off, mate. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> So Michael catches up to the girl he was following around and she's on the back of Kiefer Sutherland's motorbike. Don't you hate when that happens, lads? When you see a girl, you, f- you follow her somewhere and she's only with Kiefer Sutherland on the back of a motorbike. And you're like, like, no, not that hog. That's always the worst. <laughs> Any hog but that one. No. So in order to fit in with the nice, cool goth dudes, Michael's bought his own leather jacket. It's, it is quite cute how dorky that is oh no this guy here he's like he's becoming a bad boy is what's mm. happening got a leather jacket need to get a pack of smokes in there he's already got a motorbike i think souped up motor yeah and the girl comes up to him this time and says my name is star and he's like oh your parents were hippies too uh, <laughs> well yeah with a name like michael right you know but she's like no i'm just, just called Star. Did he seem way older than her, or was that just me? Not quite as bad as fucking Greece or something, but where, like, he's probably a little bit older. I don't know. Well, is, is, that, is that quite a Jerry Seinfeld dynamic here, is it? Like, no, not, it's not that no, bad. Not, not quite. The trick is, you gotta do it between term time. <laughs> What's the deal with homework? <laughs> <laughs> he's a, an interesting fellow, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Um, Sir, I just realised there in my notes. Yeah. What happened there was I was trying to make the comparison Mm. that, oh, he got a date very quickly. Much like in the titular Seinfeld, he would often, like, just always get a date very quickly. But my mind just saw Seinfeld day and go, oh, he must be way older. Okay, that's that's what you jump to it. I don't even know if he actually looked that much older, but you're like, oh, Seinfeld uh, dating, well... But Jerry mm. did, even though he had a youthful glow, he still did look a bit older. The bad gang, Kiefer Sutherland and co, all come and surround Michael and Star as he's about to take Star away on a nice date somewhere or something. And Kiefer sort of gestures, oh, Star, Star come over here and she does come like like she's under his control like don't like that but immediately michael is challenged by Kiefer sutherland who i'll call Kiefer sutherland the whole time i think his character's name is david david but in fairness he's much more of a Kiefer than a david he challenges michael to keep up with these bike boys as they ride along the beach on their bikes come on mate keep up with us on your Bike. These are beach bike boardwalk bullies, Sam. They really are. And, you know, it's, it's quite fun music because they're jetting oh, along the, on the beach. Locked in the shadows! Oh, yeah. yes, please. It's great and it's intense and it's a fun bike chase sequence. They're on the beach, but they're actually on the highway to the danger zone. <laughs> so the music is great, the chase is great, but then the music kind of stops and we just get scary noises and heavy breathing and it gets all foggy and yeah there's a, there's a chase race in the haze sorry haze 
that they're going through all this like you know fog and stuff like that and you know i would say you should always be careful if you're driving or you're racing in a new town that you don't accidentally fall off the edge of it oh it was very scary to nearly go off a bloody cliff but they're actually bringing him down into their underground lair which i think from what i heard was it like a sunken hotel yes or a hotel built on a fault line couple of things about this mm. i did like that their hideout was a genuine wave cave that's very cool yes yeah, yeah. secondly and i don't know if i'm going a bit mad here but just the aesthetics of the entire hideout from batman and robin it's if you remove the neon lighting from poison ivy's lair it's pretty much identical to Similar this vibe yeah 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 it, Does, is this joel's garage that he doesn't clean up or something <laughs> look to be fair to it it does look like a sort of cool place that goth teens would want to hang out it feels authentic in that way the reality is these places usually have a lot more mold than mm. than you'd imagine and a lot more asbestos and a lot less jim morrison yes but oh this big old poster of jim morrison here uh, everyone's vampire hero jim morrison so underground they order in some chinese food probably from deliveroo or something oh god this bit was so fucking i love this scene so much it's brilliant i still don't fully understand what is happening here so they give him the chinese food and like oh do you not like rice have some rice and then he starts eating the rice michael eats the rice and he's like you're eating maggots mate and he looks and it's maggots <laughs> he drops it and it's not maggots so it's uh, do they actually have the power to change what things are or change his perception of what things are. I think it's are. it's it's the old vampire glamour, Sam. It's the yeah. mind tricks, you okay. know, where they can make you see things or, or sense things that aren't necessarily there. I do love that as soon as he drops it, he's like, it's, it's maggots, I'm eating maggots. And he's like, Bleh. and they're all like muttering and one vampire you can hear very clearly going, that's pretty sad, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what, there was, I'm going to say it, there was more than a little bit of a parallel to the Eucharist here, you know, mm-hmm. where he's like, eat these noodles. Ah, it's worms. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Eat this bread. Ah, it's flesh. Wah! Eat this wine. Ah, it's the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe that is part of it. You're running out of the church going, ah, and the priest is just like, that's pretty sad, man. <laughs> So they trick him with this food. They do it again with noodles as worms. And he's like, oh, these guys are just playing mean pranks on me like Grandpa would do. And so when it comes to the bottle of blood and Star's like, mate, that's blood. Don't drink that. That's blood. He's like, it's not fucking blood. Fool me once. Shame on me. Fool me twice. Shame on me again. Fool me three times with a bottle of blood. I know that that's just wine. Everything going to be fine. Glug, glug, glug. (laughs) It is, in fact, blood. So, and also as well, worth pointing out that I think an alternate take of this scene could have been white wine, but it'd be piss. I think maybe that got cut out of the final thing, but they just threw in another one to like really hit home that they're pranking him with these and things. Then, like, and then he's like, oh, I'm going to drink this. Like, ah, it's piss. <laughs> and then he drinks it. Like, no, it's actually wine. You just don't have a palate yet, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. That's <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty sad, sad man. <laughs> There's a good crossfade after he's drunk the blood and looks all kind of weird oh, from it. Oh, yeah. Between his face and Jim Morrison's face. And it's like, oh, they're kind of similar heart throbby 
looking dudes here. But, but again, the movie's instinct when someone's going to turn into a vampire isn't a big, like, it's like a long, sexy fucking sax solo drawn out, like, yeah. tricks of the light. Again, the movie, very, very chill and laid back. It goes into screensaver mode every ten minutes. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's a nice, it's a visual feast. Like, these vampires are feasting on blood. We, as the audience, are feasting on visual treats here from Mr. Vampires Schumacher. of a different kind. Yeah. The gang all head to a bridge and they kind of hang down over the edge like, oh, whoa, we're kind of cool, quirky teenagers doing risky things. It's a bit Be like Jack. dangerous with us, Michael. I would have been like, I'm telling. Ah! That's pretty sad, man. <laughs> Stand by me all over again is what this is. Yeah, proper peer pressure here. He hangs over the edge and joins him. But then it gets very creepy, and it gets a little bit Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Willy Wonka, as the train's going by over this bridge, and the lights are flashing, and it's kind of rumbling, and that kind of, there's no way of knowing, and the, the, the staring, the intensity of it. Felt spooky to me, this moment here, and underneath the bridge, hanging down, staring at him as there's a train going by, and they all start dropping off. It is interesting for a movie that manages to still be quite tense and scary in its in its mm. moments where it deems to, where you've got a lot of totally very different stuff. And like I love this. I love when a horror movie can genuinely just have some great comedy that is born out of the horror and whatnot. And I mm-hmm. feel that happens throughout this movie. I'm less keen on when it's like a horror comedy means just that the horror is just to the level of comedy. And I think this movie is is a an absolute fucking delight in that sense. Yes. So, I mean, and also, Kiefer Sutherland can fucking do a look at you, can't he? He's, he's good at that kind of thing. He's got big um, old eyes. He's got 24 eyes, Sam. It's like a fly or something. He drops down as well. So they're like, you're one of us, Michael. Let go. Let go. And he, he falls down. Ah, no, I'm falling down. And I love the shot from that thing of him falling down into a misty murky bit under a bridge oh that was a perfect if you close your eyes moment for shoresies but he kind of bounces a bit on the bed when we cut to him just waking up in bed and it's like he he basically just fell out of the sky down back into his bed nothing even happened in between there it's a cool cool shot i would like to have a falling dream that ends with that sometime that would be nice oh i'm in bed hey, hey bouncy bouncy grand no worries and kevin he started wearing sunglasses in inside he's either a vampire or a dickhead i can't he's, tell he's not michael anymore this is mike get <laughs> used to it the sunlight's coming in he wants the sunglasses on because of, of course vampires don't like sunlight and the sunlight's coming in he's like oh let me put on my earring come on <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's suddenly all kind of sexy and grumpy and weird now. That's his whole vibe. And uh, this lad, in fairness, he's showing up here now all hours, sweating, riling up the dog. He's got his bad new bike mates as well. Is it kind of like, just pretty much assume that if you get made a vampire, you have to be friends with them. That's a bit of a power dynamic I don't appreciate. Yeah, and he tries to attack his younger brother Sam, doesn't he? He tries to burst in while Sam's having a bath, but the dog is like, hey, I know what you're fucking up to, mate, and does a big bite on it. Well, in fairness, though, I mean, dogs love, that's their treat. Like, they love a vampire. They love, they love a vampire, you know? Even just an old Dracula chew toy, they'll be at it for days. Again, filmmaking here is great. The cuts back and forth between the intense stares of Michael, uh, hungry for blood, and the dog, like, you're doing something dodgy here. They cut quickly back and forth, and then we get a a zoom out of Sam just popping out of the bath. He's had his head under the water, not paying attention. He pops out, and he's like, what the fuck's happened? It zooms out, it's empty room. Ah, it's good. It's a good zoom. There's good filmmaking here. There's good direction. And Sam's caught on that Michael's a, a vamp because his reflection in the mirror is like semi 
semi-transparent. Now, I would hate if this was to happen to me mm. and someone is going to rush to a judgment and say, oh, you're a vampire, Kevin. Like, And right. I wish you would just, now you have the knowledge, say, hang on a minute. Maybe his parents in the past aren't meeting and he might be turning see-through because of that. And if you pop back to the old future now in a second, we'll yeah. sort that out. But don't be driving a stake through my heart when all I need to do is make sure that my dad asked my mum to the dance. Yeah, don't draw those, those kinds of conclusions Right tools for the right job, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, to Sam, he locks himself in his room, scared of his old brother, calls his vampire-hunting comic book friends from the shop. The Frog Brothers! The Frog Brothers, and there's, there's good humour here. There's the kind of, okay, has he got long fingernails, bad breath? And he's like, well, he did always have bad breath. And like, hey, it's a little bit of fun, this little goofy time. Great on-the-phone tech advice here. Have you tried killing him? Yeah, drive a stake through his fucking heart, mate. Kill your brother, or get a garlic t-shirt. And, of course, garlic t-shirts are available on Teespring onions because spring onions and garlic go to... Hello? Oh, oh I look. thought you would actually set up a piece of merch there and I was no, excited. No, I would love a garlic t- I'd just love a, a t-shirt with just a little clove of garlic on it. I think I'd love that as well. That'd be yeah, great. Yeah. Pro-garlic on this podcast, folks. Pro-garlic. Angel Delight. Jury's out. But should the two ever meet? No. Oh, oh, what a... <laughs> What a genuinely horrible thought. Isn't uh, it? That taste, there you go. that taste, no thank you. That's what uh, the Mark Kermode spider can be filled with instead, is garlic, garlic angel, angel delight. delight. So Michael, he's like crawling along the ceiling, kind of floating away and shit now. Where he's he's kind of like, he's moved into the second phase of turning into a vampire, which mm. is, please help me, I'm a vampire. And the little boy is like, I want to help you, you're my brother and you smell like a vampire. You know, he's not very much jumping out to help the big bro here, in fairness. No, and he rings his mum, who's on a date with Mr. Video Store. He's like, Mom, there's there's something going on. And then later, when he does actually save his brother, and they're like, we need to stick together, he tells his mum, I got scared by one of my comic books. It was too scary, Mom. Nothing's really going on with scary comics. Also, as well, big red flag. Your boss is having you out on a date within a day of hiring you. Mm. Big red flag right there. Is she actually hired at the video shop? I, yeah, I, she is I, working there. Okay, yeah. So, uh, not great, but <laughs> he does worse things later on. Look, you ever wondered what caused the video business to go under and shit like this? So, that kind of practice. Flying not, not by on. the seat of their pants they were over there. I don't know, I like the idea of, like, someone becoming a vampire and not actually wanting all the, the infinite power and whatnot. I feel there's mm. a lot of expiration of people wanting to be vampires or being vampires. And just to give you an example of what you're missing out of i'd like to read you a line from my new treatment that explores this very in-depth issue take me with it okay <clears throat> come on Polly. i don't want to be dracula so they, they, you could have that you know and it's like you know they won't let you they won't let you use the characters but whatever <laughs> fucking idiots now kevin i'm a sucker for a funny car Horn honk. Oh, yeah. And the grandpa's car having a funny oh. horn honk. Love it. It happens a couple of times. Never ceases to make me laugh. If you if you want to know where to pitch your jokes, it's funny car horn honk. Okay, with the the funny car, is that all granddads then? Like, if you popped into a granddad's car, it's like, would it be silly oh, like yes. that? Oh, yes. Sorry, mate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's always funny. You, your granddads have to have a funny horn okay all right yeah okay it's good to know that now it's part of the the contract when your child has a child (laughs) 
do have to install a funny horn honk. And they check on the MOT as well. They're like, have yeah. you got the... Oh, the honk? Yeah, yeah, you got the honk there. Is it funny enough? Like, because, you know, uh, that's the thing. Like, I think you probably have some old granddads who've only got a sort of funny horn, haven't they? Like, not a full... Like, I like this horn because fully working, it's a funny horn. Mm. But the fact that it trails off and it's kind of broken, it's an even funnier horn. That's funnier. That's funnier. So Michael's back down in the underground lair. And he's like, what, what's happening to me, Star? Ah, I'm becoming a vampire. What's going on? What's happening? And... They just have a big snog and then like a slow motion, sultry 80s sex scene thing. Come here, Lisa. I must grind my junk up against your sheen. Tommy Wiseau definitely watched The Lost Boys way too many times. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, But he became a lost boy in of himself. He lost a few hours to this one. He's obviously mesmerized himself with this. This is like almost wholesale put into his other movie. Yeah. And after this kind of slow-mo, sultry, sexy time, with no real sexy stuff going on, but a lot of like, you know, bare shoulders and, and a bit of neck and snogging and stuff. I would say it's not as unsexy as the sex scene in the room. No, it's a little no. bit sexy. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we get that whooshing through the clouds shot that you mentioned earlier that's just <laughs> nice, isn't it? It's just nice to go through the clouds. It's nice. I, I would like a button on my TV and it just goes to, like, not a still image, slightly moving clouds. I think that yeah. would make me very happy. That would be nice. Currently, right now, it's just an advertisement for Rampage starring The Rock now on Amazon Prime. I don't know if that's mm. really... That's influencing me. I'm saying now, folks, I'll let you know. Right, but if you wanted... If you had clouds, clouds. you'd be influenced to just be... Well, maybe to be a vampire. Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Or make the room. <laughs> <laughs> Equally dangerous. <laughs> but Michael's chatting with his mum. He's wearing his sunglasses and he's all grumpy. And he's, yeah, his mum's like, what's going on with you? And I love the stroppy thing that he says. I have more serious things on my mind than girls and schools. Things you wouldn't understand. It's called Dungeons and Dragons, mom. You wouldn't understand. So, the video store boss man guy. Max. Max. Who's also the granddad in the Gilmore Girls. Ah. And... He was like a real... I, I would like my granddad to be like that if I could pick yeah. one. Well, another, another... No, not because he's got a big house at home. It's because he's... Nice. He didn't even have one of the originals, but he gave out small, almost caramel-like nuggets of wisdom and grandfathership, no. you know? Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you've found that man. <laughs> <laughs> You make it like a psalm online. I did see it online. It was on Netflix, but that's not the same. Right, so the mum is going to his house to bring him some wine to apologise for ruining the date and rushing home because her young boy was like, oh, there's a vampire. But when she goes to approach the house, the man's dog chases after her, bites her, it rips her dress. This dog is very angry. An evil dog. This leads little boy Sam to think, this dog is a hound of hell and that man is a fucking vampire. We found the head vampire. I mean, the frog bros say it themselves, you know, saying that the town is covered with the undead, ghouls and werewolves in City Hall, you know? It's pretty deep, you know? Uh, no, no, nothing's changed there, mate. Ghouls in City Hall. Let's just get the ghouls out of City Hall, yeah? Let's get a few less ghouls, you know? That's what I, I'm going to campaign on. An anti-ghoul ticket. <laughs> yeah, an anti-ghoul. Uh, you know what, Sam? Uh, my opponent, he sits there in the pocket of big ghouls. And he's like, run this country. 
Ah, oh, I could really go for a, like a nice bowl of big ghoul at the moment. That would be that'd be lovely. There's this whole thing where if you kill the head vampire, you stop half vampires from becoming full vampires. Yes. And Max, who little boy Sam thinks is the head vampire, is coming round to the family home for a dinner. And we've got the Yamasaki account that we need to close as well. Oh my god, this is crazy. Also, the Frog Brothers are coming to dinner because you need smelly boys. You dress in camouflage. Like everyone, I think every. Everyone at some point needs to have a smelly boy in camouflage that is brought in as like a friend to yeah. kind of experience that like you know i've got my little camouflage mates coming for tea can he come and have tea as well he likes paintballing and nerf and other things like shooting and this is you know what this is a very funny kind of wholesome scene of some young boys with their imaginations running wild all right they're, they're fucking him up sam is what they're doing they're <laughs> fucking him up they're trying to test whether he's a vampire they replace the parmesan with garlic they just throw water on him they put a mirror near him all that kind of shit and it does fuck him up. He's like, hey, I know what's going on here, you kids. You think I'm trying to replace your father or steal your mum away from you. I'm not. I'm just trying to be your friend. Oh, what, a, what a nice man that Damn guy it. seems. Yeah, what a... Damn it, he's nice. He's not a vampire. He's a nice man. You know what, though? It's on him to tell him that before they make it look like he pissed himself and all that. You know, that's bad form on him. How nice could he be? So, Michael, he's led by the vampire gang after this whole debacle to a group of teens on a beach listening oh, to yeah. Run DMC and Aerosmith. <laughs> Walk this way. More like stalk this way, am I right? Those vampires, it's eating time. And it's properly gruesome, this kind of feeding frenzy in this orangey red glow. And you can see their proper vampire faces. Blah! Yeah, ah, it's genuinely scary, horrible. The type of prosthetics that nearly 20 years later when Buffy is made, they're like, you know what? That'll do. Same ones. Michael's clearly getting kind of bloodthirsty from this. He's looking at it and he's scared of it, but he's also into it. He's got that vampire instinct but he also is kind of shocked it, it, this is really something this sequence is there anything that you could say that this sequence was like mm. is a toby carvery scene like this at all you know because like i feel i go in there and i'd initially be a bit disturbed because it's so english but then i couldn't help but like what i was seeing like and all the gravy flowing like blood when you walk into toby carvery as they're showing you to the table they say you'll never grow old and you'll never die but you must feed so just take your plate up to the <laughs> buffet and <laughs> you choose which one you want you can have a bit of all of them if you like <laughs> so, <laughs> you can live forever if you like <laughs> Michael's back at home with Sam and stars here to reveal that whole thing that you don't become a full vampire until you do your first kill. Michael was supposed to be Star's first kill, but she didn't do it because he was too darn cute. Am I right? Am I right? And I think this is the only point where I would say that the movie maybe succumbs to its short runtime because we kind of get the let's be peaceful vampires. We don't want to be dangerous. We get that in the same breath as right now we gotta kill David. We gotta find him where he sleeps and kill him while he's asleep. Like, you know, pretty much cold blood. (laughs) I feel like this film does trim out a lot of the fat and we just get straight to the action. It's grand though, isn't it? It's grand. It's fine. Whatever. And we get the whole game and now I'm thinking about it it's like older teen and then the younger sibling kind of little boys and it's very Stranger Things isn't it oh Coming yeah to... I mean come on you, we do enough of this podcast you'll end up coming away thinking Stranger Things hasn't got an original thought across its many series and apps <laughs> Alright, no, don't disparage the season two app, though. That was... That was, what, a quality app. That made that Halloween 2017 breezed by. 
breezed by. Michael, Sam, and the Frog Brothers, they all head to the vampire lair. And so, and Michael's trying to warn Sam. He's saying, Sam, you don't, you don't want to go down there, mate. These are brutal killers. And he's like, but so are the Frog Brothers. And it's Am his dorky right? mates with their camouflage, uh, you know, and a little bandana around his head. It's the thing I was obsessed with most when I first watched this as a kid, it was the Frog Brothers. Like, And, you know, the subsequent remakes that did come out, or the, the sequels, I should say, that did manage mm. to come out straight to DVD, let's just all admit it, far too many years later than they should have, yeah. focused mainly on the Frog Bros. And I know there's a lot of, like, comic and graphic novels and extended lore about them. The thing that I love the most about them is that you genuinely have no idea for the entire movie whether or not they actually have just read a bunch of comics or they actually know about vampire stuff. Like, when they're going in, you're half of you are thinking, like, will holy water and garlic work? Like, is that actually what you do against vampires? Or are we about to see two children just die with another child? It is, like, scary in its own way. Yeah, I, I feel like they're a very good fun comic relief team they've got of kind of fucking such lines as well like imaginative little kids and it, it's fun flies and the undead they go together like bullets and guns and I just imagine like what every time a zombie's gonna come be like bleh like loads of flies are gonna come ah get away stop oh another thing about like the shorter runtime, there is a half vampire child called Laddie who we don't really know yeah what, that feels what like the whole thing that was left by like, it's just, oh there's a kid as well there's a kid we gotta save the kid what what kid yeah it, it felt like you know I know Mad Ma- You've not seen Mad Max, have you? No, no, not the Mad Max. One. No. So yeah, I, I, like I know it was kind of a thing in movies at the time where you had like the kind of the quiet young kid who didn't say or do much, which was you know I think it's kind of surplus to requirements at this mm. point in the movie because I had thought. I had, like, accidentally missed a load or something like that when the kids started think so. showing up. No, I think he's just there and you don't really understand why. So all the little kids are kind of rummaging down in the vampire cave and they find the gang. Now, is the gang called the Lost Boys? I don't think so. I think the Lost are they Boys not is the a, Lost Boys? I don't think it's specifically said, like, these are the Lost Boys. Or I'm not sure if they're referred to as, as such. I do like that when they find them, they're all hung upside down in a group like bats would sleep. Right. And, you you know, we did reverse swirl recently on Patreon where we had Casino Royale where they're like let's get rid of some of the old footy-duddy Bond tropes and let's shake it up a bit and I like to do that here with vampires where they're like do you want to sleep in a coffin? Like are you bloody joking? Da-da-da-da! You know it's real edgy and new. We're modern vampires. We sleep in a cave like stalactites and mites. Upside down. Yeah very cool scary to see a bunch of people hanging down from the ceiling of a cave. But Corey Feldman, fair fucks to him, stabs Bill from Bill and Ted with a stake through the chest. Oh my uh. god, you want to talk about pie jelly? Fucking hell, for days coming oh, the out of this of ooze. There's so much ooze! There's gunk and goo and ooze coming out, and all the other vampires wake up and they're like, what the fuck's going on? Blood and ooze everywhere. Ah, yucky. Chased out of there, yeah. head back home. But mom, they're it's the boy who cried vampires because she's like oh fuck off mate it's your comics again you little twerp i'm not listening to you read some more yeah how about that (laughs) yeah you dweeb fuck off don't know why I'm being so angry. It's people like this standing by doing nothing. It's why ghouls are dominating the ticket again going into the primaries, you know? Anti-ghoul 2020. Am I right? Yeah. Now, I like a good prep scene. I like a good mm. house prep scene. And this is great because they prepare themselves and they prepare the house in the house. It's like a vampire home alone. Yes, I wrote down vampire home vampire alone. Home alone. Well. Yeah. yeah. I imagine there's some sort of theory that actual home alone is a vampire home alone and 
it's all I don't know it's one of those things that people would blog about in it it's something that people would write about on Reddit and all that yeah yeah probably <laughs> Reddit which is very much the I've got the TV guide I don't need the TV of the internet <laughs> When they were escaping from the cave and they managed to get into the sunlight and Kiefer's hand fucking sets on fire, he, he's looking at these boys and he's like, tonight, <laughs> looking directly in the camera, very scary. So that's why they're freaking out because they're like, Kiefer Sutherland is going to come out and kill us. So yeah, we, that's why we've got to kind of booby trap this house. Conveniently, the mum is out on a date for this bit and they send off the grandpa on a fake date with a local widow, I think. Just go date people, right? We gotta go kill date, vampires date time. here. Yeah. I do like how when they attack all the immortal vampires still act like teen bullies, you know? You've been gifted immortality, flight, improbable strength, and you're like, hey little dork, like flicking him and shit <laughs> like that, you know? Is your mommy on the date? <laughs> One thing of the setup that I really, really, really enjoyed, found very funny, was the lads all bursting into a christening and nicking loads of holy water. Yeah, fucking, that was cool. Fucking a good job there. That is funny. Anyone who's ever wondering, what does holy water taste like? It tastes slightly tangy because all the old people put their fingers in it. So, so there you go. Ah, oh, that's that's a shame. Come on, Sam. A swig full of holy water will cure what ails you. <laughs> look, Corey Feldman has warned us before this whole showdown takes place. He's like, look, vampires die in a bunch of different ways. Some they of die them spectacularly. Explode. Be careful. <laughs> Some of them implode. It's always a mess. There's always gunk. But the vampires get in. They get into the house. They burst through the fucking fireplace. And that one who's like being a bully and be like, hey, you guys are a bunch of dorks knocking the steak out of their hands. Not like a, a wooden steak. Not like, uh, <laughs> I'm just having no a dinner, dinner for you. <laughs> yeah. He gets knocked into a bath of garlic-flavoured holy water by Nanook the dog, who is the family dog. Woof, woof. And his face gets all fucking dissolved. It's a little bit shining here, what? the kind of melty face in the bath. What did I say is it's the biggest fucking Trump in a bath I've ever seen. He farts so much, the whole thing, violent blood shooting out of every pipe in the house. Jesus Christ, flush. Look, the blood's all coming up through the sinks and the toilet and everything exploding with blood. Doesn't quite make any real sense, but it's really fun to watch. Look. I love it. As Lionel Richie said, ooh, what a feeling. It's bleeding on the ceiling now. <laughs> that vampire who comes within an arse's roar being shot with an arrow by Sam, and then he's like, ha, you missed. Right here. This is where you'd want to be hitting me now, isn't it? Draw, and draws it's like, a little target on himself. Fucking assist yeah. mode here. What's going on? Yeah, oh, and he, he previously got, got with a water pistol full of holy water. Again, wonderful stuff. Yeah, he, he gets shot with a crossbow. It misses. And then he kind of just brags about how you missed, but then he gets shot again. And oh, gets shot through the chest into a stereo. And it goes... Place in excess, I think. Death by stereo. Death by stereo, dude. Front man that died from erotic asphyxiation. That was different. He didn't die, you know, just, yeah. So Laddie, the little boy vampire who we don't really know much about, turns into a whole fucking vampire. Does the whole scary face thing. Terrifying. When it's little kids, it's especially scary, isn't it? We we learnt that from... Oh, what was it now? The Exorcist. Yes. We learnt that hot... And the, the, the... Makeup here is, is a bit exorcist on a little kid running around. Blah, 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 Makeup's really good. Like, honestly, yeah, if, yeah. You're if you're going to do essentially minimal prosthetics and mostly, you know, shadow eye palette, you know, they did a really great job it's here. Good. Yeah, yeah. And now we've got the final the final showdown, presumably. Vamper v. Vamper. Broody boy and Kiefer Sutherland, blonde boy, who face off 
And very quickly, I Yeah, found quite quickly, indeed. David Kiefer Sutherland gets impaled, properly fucking impaled on some antlers that the granddad collects. Another thing that you'll need to know about granddads is they collect antlers. Ah, I see. Now, I believe the whole point of this was that he doesn't... Because you don't see him actually like die, die, the fact that he just gets impaled, he's meant to still be alive at the end of this because oh. they were desperate. You wouldn't have figured from the likes of this movie with its strong characterizations of everything. It like they were after a sequel or two. Right. You know. And the fact that they couldn't get a sequel blows my mind. Yeah, and this should have happened. Batman and Robin and the backlash to it in any way made it harder. Because it wasn't just like the uh, it was Schumacher himself wanted there to be a sequel, just there was no, just never no came way together. to get it done. I, ridiculous. Nah. But yeah, David gets impaired on some antlers, brutal. But Michael and Star are still vampire looking. Mm. Laddie's vampire looking. Nothing's changed. Nothing's gone back to normal. There must still be another head vampire out there. Or an even header vampire. Enter Grandpa Boss Max, who reveals himself to be the head vampire. A vampire. And he's very, very, very horrifying indeed. But Kevin, how did he pass all the tests earlier that the little boys were doing? It's because he's a very old, strong vampire, I'm assuming? No, he was invited onto the premises. And apparently, for some reason, if you you invite a vampire in. Yeah, the rule is, if you say you are invited in, and then they come in, you are powerless. That is fucking bullshit. That's like assuming, you know, you have to, that's like assuming that your insurance covers yet when it doesn't read the policy schedule. It's a real thing. It's a real vampire thing. I saw it used in... I know. Wait, no, 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 no. Hang on a second. Just in yeah. case anyone thinks here that I've not earned my fangs because I am a verified fang club member here. I'm not saying that I don't... But the, obviously, the invite for the vampire. Yes, right. that's fine. A vampire can't come in unless they're invited. This idea that a vampire is immune to all the typical vampire anti-buffs because you get the invite them? That's ridiculous! Mm. Ah. Yeah, I don't actually know if that's part of it. Nah, nah, that seems <laughs> bogus to me. That's like saying if it's not a full moon, silver won't kill a werewolf if you manage to have, you know, that's... Mm. You're crossing the two different bits here. You, you, yeah, your rules I am cross, up. you're right. I'm very cross about this. And I tell you, he was almost as mean here as when he wanted Lorelai to go to that university that she'd rather go to a different prestige university. So, From yeah. Gil- Gilmore Girls? Gil- I was used to seeing his ire raise, is all I'm saying. I- <laughs> he gets like this sometimes. But look, his plan was to recruit the mum and the boys to all join together into one big, lovely vampire family. And you know what? It doesn't a sound family, that bad. A family, if you will. A family? Doesn't sound that bad to me. No. Sounds great. Oh, we can live forever. And we could be a family, and we can drink blood. Sorry, is it the plot of Twilight? Yes, it is. Big vampire family. But no, we get a showdown. The mum is kind of... She's she's relinquishing control. She's taking his hand. She might be drawn into the vampire team. But luckily, old dorky, dickhead, stupid, silly grandpa, old weirdo grandpa with his funny horn honk, crashes through the front of the house and drives a fence post through the heart of Max. Kaboom. Dead vampires. Everything blows up. Fuck it. And then he's like, there's too many fucking vampires. The end, motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, That... It wasn't a drawn-out ending. Oh, it was a perfect ending. We've been over this before with some other stuff. I love when a film ends, and we don't need to do that thing where, like, everything goes back to normal and we readjust to normal life and we have yeah, a little wanna, bit of, like, I'm not going to get the bends coming out of the theatre. Like, give me the fucking closure. Bam! No. Do something fun. End the fucking movie. And Rocky did it. Rocky did it a few times. Where it's yes. just like, I've won the match. 
match. Oh, it's a boxing match. Yeah. I've won the match. The end. Great. Brilliant. Love that. I don't want to be like, oh, guys, we're going to have to go back to school now and pretend we're not, oh, we didn't have this whole vampire. No, I don't, no, no, none of that. None of that. Just the vampires are all blown up. The grandpa's like, there's too many fucking vampires. Am I right, kids? And then end. Done. When you're strange. Ah. Oh. Kevin. What a beautiful movie, Sam. What oh, an absolute Kevin. beauty. And I'm not going to lie, I was not hoping this one to come out on top. I had big feelings for Fallen Down, which yeah. I'm sure we'll be doing very soon because it was such a close vote. Your plans are falling down, mate. Hey, don't, you don't need to be a vampire to not sleep on the Lost Boys. Your trousers are falling down, Matt. <laughs> It's great. It was it was a great yeah. time. And Good I asked time. you at the start, like, what type of movie are you in the mood for? I hazard to guess everyone's always in the mood for this because it's a fucking delightful selection box. It's a romp. It's an adventure. It's a horror. It's a comedy. Oh, Boy, it's ah. Oh, look, you can tell by the way I'm saying shit. I had a good time. I feel excited having watched this. I really liked it. This was good. And you're not like you're not you're not a vampire fan usually. Like, does this make you want to say, "Oh, I'll give Buffy a whirl," or maybe it's time to maybe it's time to dust off the Twilight books at last? I don't or... know if it was necessarily the vampires that I liked or was drawn to, especially. I just think the handling of it. The tone of the film, the look of the film, the, the music, the characters, the whole, oh, the the whole so good. package was was great. I had a really good time, and it did it didn't outstay its welcome. We look, we love a short film here. But I that. mean, when I first saw The Lost Boys, I didn't know that it was vampires. It's just like here's a movie, uh. Kevin. We're putting it on, and it was like Whoa! a great mega twist. And I do feel really sorry. I was hoping to try and keep that from me, and that I you d- wouldn't I just narrowly narrowly missed out on having that kept secret from me but did that take any of the excitement sting out of the joy scorpion no not really because i think anyone originally going into the lost boys apart from you like if you watched it in the cinema at the time or you had it recommended by someone i'm sure at some point they would be like vampires or in the trailer like there's vampire like i'm in the minority yeah it's not ruined by knowing there's vampires in it but it just had me prepared for what was going to happen but not in a spoilery way i didn't know what the plot of this would be and i i just i feel really good like really knowing happy. there is kind of an extended world out there and it's you know i i'm not gonna like judge it too harshly because you know i've obviously not read the comics nor have i seen yeah. the straight to dvd movies that Corey feldman was a part of and whatnot and it feels to me that there are certain franchises that have this kind of like sad post-life where it's like we tried to do it again and it's just yeah. like you know the magic ain't there like you're not you're not you're not making another lost boys like this and uh, i was just wondering like if the lore was strong enough or if the world was strong enough that you'd be like actually give me that frog bros comic or actually i'll watch two or three on dvd at some point maybe but i i feel like i like it as a self-contained thing mm. but you were right though it is basically crying out for a franchise here it's like hey more of this i get the sense that it didn't really get that in any proper way i mean it is influential in the good sense that you know mm. lots of people hold this movie up in in high regard it is influential in the bad way in that i think the bones have been picked clean from the niche new concepts that this movie yes. introduced and i would wonder if this seemed passe to a younger audience well it, maybe even to me but I, I don't it didn't feel like it but i'm like i guess those things that i was watching in this film that have now become familiar tropes at the time would have been new yeah. surprising twists on a original formula but it didn't it didn't hamper my enjoyment i had a great time i really wish i'd watched this when i was a teen yeah. hanging out with the goths behind the maths block oh at school. yeah 
Absolutely. I it's would have done all. some some serious bonding there with those guys if I'd have if I'd have been watching this. But... <laughs> so, do you have any problems with the movie then? Not really. Yeah. No. So, are we thinking we're going to rate in here now? And you're not saying anything yeah. bad about the movie, but look. With the Star Wipe ratings, right? With, with the ratings? <laughs> with the ratings, what I will say, they're very much a product of how I feel having watched the movie immediately afterwards. And I feel great, and I had a good time, and I really liked it. Would you watch it again? Yeah. Ah! Yeah, I would. I would watch it again. I think you can slap this on and really pay attention to it. You can slap this on and just kind of let it all soak in and not really pay attention. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun thing to have on. I really do feel like I missed out on this as a younger person. I do get that classic Cinema Swirl sense of, ah, shit, I, I should have watched this. It's it's the Cinema Swirl branded FOMO, which is fear of having had missed out. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> I had that, but I had a great time. I feel great. Uh, in terms of ratings, Kevin. Oh. oh. Go on now, Sam. Give me your Star Wipe rating for The Lost Boys. It's a five star Bobby Dazzler. Oh, you heard it here first. Whee. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and hey, I also did the music. If you're after more Swirl content or you want to support the show, or better yet, both, patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the place to go. On the socials, we are at cinema swirl on Twitter, and our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl, which is also where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got anything for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends, leaving reviews on whatever podcast thing you use. It all helps us out. Thank you so much. All right. See you next time.